Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. Hmm. There is nothing quite like the smell of whole bean coffee being ground right under your nose. Has that ever happened to you when you go to a store and you hear the grinder and then you smell that aroma and all you keep thinking is like, oh my gosh, that smells like the best cup of coffee ever. And it only means that goodness in a cup is just within arm's reach. It's coming soon. And then have you ever had a cup of coffee that smells way better than it tastes? And that is the worst, oh my gosh, when the aroma is wonderful, it's steaming hot, it's in a great mug, and then you taste it and it's just like, blah, meh. Such a disappointment, truly. I think the same thing can happen when we hear good ideas or good theories, but then when they're not properly executed, they can certainly backfire. It smelled like a good idea, but it leaves a bad aftertaste in everyone else's mouth. There's a popular movement, I guess is what you could call it, to bring your whole self to the workplace, to bring your whole self. So well, what does this exactly mean? Well, Mike Robbins is an author of Bring Your Whole Self to Work, a book, and he defines it as bringing our whole selves to work means showing up authentically, leading with humility, and remembering that we're all vulnerable, imperfect human beings just doing the best we can. It's also about having the courage to take risks, to speak up, to ask for help, to connect with others in a genuine way, and allow ourselves to be truly seen by people. It's not always easy for us to show up this way, especially at work, and it takes commitment, intention, and courage for leaders and organizations to create environments that are conducive to this type of authenticity and humanity. He goes on to, to argue that when we don't bring our whole selves to work, we suffer. We suffer lack of engagement, lack of productivity, our well-being is diminished, and we aren't able to do our best, most innovative work. We spend and waste way too much time trying to look good, to fit in, or to you know do or say the right thing, quote-unquote. For teams and organizations, this lack of psychological safety makes it difficult for the group or company to thrive and perform at their highest level because people are holding back some of who they really are. Well, this all sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, I've always been a proponent for having one life, one integrated life, and I've actually never subscribed to the idea of multiple social media profiles, you know, one for work colleagues, one for friends, one for family, or even two devices, you know, nevertheless, a lot of people do. It's to me just all too much work. It's exhausting. I don't want to have flashcards for all my different lives that I have to lead or try to be, you know, multiple different, you know, personalities in different places in my life. It just, to me, is a waste of time. I want to be one, the same person. Whether you see Carlin outside of work or inside of work, I should be the same. You can't really ever truly compartmentalize your life anyway. People say, oh, leave your stuff at the door. Leave it. Leave it at the door. Come to work. I mean, that's not possible, right? When you have a death in the family, 
when you have a death of a beloved pet or you're experiencing stress or tension at home for whatever reason, you can never truly be 100% in your work life. And people need to understand that we're, we're one person after all. So I'm really glad to see this kind of energy out there and people subscribing to it. And if we want to be authentic leaders, then what you see no matter is what you get no matter what the role you're playing is at the moment, whether you're a boss or a colleague, wife, mom, sister, friend. I also think that many of us now in this remote working environment, our personal lives are exposed in a whole new way. I personally love it. I know not everybody does. I know it can be very uncomfortable for some people. They get nervous. They don't even, I've, I've had people tell me, I don't even like to eat on camera. It makes me nervous. And I, of course, ask them, well, we ate in front of each other in a conference room. What's the difference? And for some reason, it feels like I think Zoom is like a barrier or, or more like a portal into our personal lives that we just weren't comfortable showing before. And it's exposing things like our kids are running around in the background and pets are, you know, running across our screens and keyboards. And, you know, hey, I'm the first to admit I wear pajama bottoms to work every day and fuzzy slippers or socks. And, you know, maybe you're lucky you get me in some makeup and a T-shirt, but that's about it on top. I mean, I, what I like, though, about this is that we're caring less and less, though, about how people are dressed and how they wear their hair or how they sit in a chair in a conference room, all those weird social norms, you know, who sits at which chair around the table, you know, oh, don't sit at the Hegs, that's where the boss sits, or don't sit over here because that's where such and such always sits. You know, these are, they got broken down, I mean, not through you know, any kind of action of ourselves. It was sort of an immediate, you know, COVID's here, we're working from home and boom, they're just broken down. And that's, it's kind of jerking us into the future. But frankly, I I do kind of love it. Finally, comfort and practicality are winning over conventional norms. And to me, that has been a silver lining because we've taken some outdated, archaic office norms. And it's finally caught up to, frankly, what a lot of creative areas and people have always known that a bit of self-expression is a good thing. And a bit of just being relaxed that I can get work done just as well, if not better, in a t-shirt, jammy pants, and slippers, and a cat staring at me. Well, sometimes a cat staring at me, I'll be honest, makes me a little nervous sometimes, like they're judging me. But, you know, hey, gotta love cats. Anyway, I digress. Um, You know, part of also being my authentic self is, you know, I have gotten feedback over the years from many people, leaders, even direct reports, for being too blunt, too direct, too opinionated, And I could be very firm. And the way I look at that is I think the best leaders show tough love because to me it's way easier than to not say anything because those are uncomfortable conversations, right? To have to tell somebody what they need to hear versus what they want to hear. So yeah, I was doing this before it was cool. I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just sharing this because I do believe in this realness and openness and being direct as a leader is so critical to help other people grow. And also because not everyone is going to like your whole self. And you're going to have to be okay with that and respect others also being their whole selves, even when you don't like it. Let me clarify. Yes, I absolutely love this thinking. But then 2020 happened. And because in a normal world or the world we used to have, we could at least disagree about politics and still be friends. We didn't paste labels on people who shared their point of view when it clashed with our own. We didn't assume that liberals were communists and conservatives were bigots automatically because they supported someone for a political office. 
We had conversations. We sought to understand, often agreeing to disagree. I remember seeing this in my household growing up. Well, it was actually my grandparents, very conservative, my mom too, and most of my aunts and uncles, except my one uncle was not, more on the liberal side. And boy, did they get into some doozies on the holidays in conversation. But they didn't stop loving each other. They didn't storm out. They didn't unfriend each other, unfamily each other. They just disagreed. In this world of constant, though, information, global opinions, all at the touch of a keyboard, so much easier to hide behind all of those profiles we create for ourselves. And everyone's taking the news outlet of their choice instead of really, truly hard and cold facts. And then they're throwing empathy and understanding out the door. And everybody's guilty of this. And everybody's lashing out at everybody else. And it's everywhere. But here's where I'm going to bring it back to leadership and more complexity it's going to create for us in the work environment. Because once upon a time, not too long ago, it was not okay to talk politics and religion. Those were like really taboo topics to bring into the work environment. But now it's okay. Now we're seeing information that goes, hey, it's okay to have these honest, again, whole self-conversations in the workplace. So, So what's a leader to do? Well, let's take some deep sips for tips on the topic. First sip, bring your whole self, but not your jerk self. Yeah, I said it. Okay, let's be honest. We all have the ability to be jerks when we want to be. And it's easy to let our emotions get the best of us when we vehemently disagree with somebody else. We have to keep our emotions in check, people. I mean, there are already people at work you don't like, let's be honest, we all have them, but you have to get along with them for the sake of the business, sake of project work. And for most of us, that's just based on the way they conduct themselves at work. Well, now you enter these other topics or more personal lives being exposed, and I think that's just more of a recipe for further disagreement, further dislikes, further frustrations. But here's the honest truth. You do not have to react to every action. Letting your blood boil over someone else's opinion and statement isn't going to change their mind than any more than it would change yours if it was the other way around. Am I right? All it does is steal your joy, let cortisol rampant through your body. When someone else has an opinion about something you worked on, detach your personal self-worth from their opinion. Don't take it personally and don't let it cut you deeply. Emotions are choices. Regardless of how or what someone says, you have the power to either let it affect you or not. You have the power to act. You have the power to react. So choose wisely. If we operate in this world on the opinions of others about about us, I mean, then who are you living for? What is the point of having your own life? What is the point of even talking about bringing my whole self into something if you're really just allowing your whole self to be dictated by what others think yourself is supposed to be? Be a leader. And that doesn't mean ignore because that's the easy way out. Leaders don't ignore. Leaders deal with things directly, but it's about responding in a healthy manner. Sometimes that means taking a few deep breaths. Sometimes that means stepping away, coming back to the person maybe a little bit later or offline, maybe a one-on-one instead of in a meeting. But the more you manage your emotions in the moment, the quicker and the easier it will be to respond in a healthy way Anytime this happens to you, you just have to practice it. Second tip, champion inclusion. No, seriously, champion inclusion. That word has been thrown around everywhere these days. Media, work environments, and it sounds great. 
But you know, I have to be honest, I feel like people are using it similar to the word inconceivable, um, that that in the Princess Bride, the movie, the guy kept saying inconceivable, inconceivable about everything. And then finally, Inigo Montoya speaks up and says, I don't think that word means what you think it means. And I really do feel that way about inclusion, because inclusion means everyone matters, regardless of their opinions, their beliefs, and their values. Everybody deserves a seat at the table. Sadly, many are using it in the sense that we're inclusive, well, as long as you agree with me, or yeah, yeah, we're inclusive as long as you think this way or that way. That, by definition, is not inclusion. We are all about vulnerability when we practice it, but when someone else does and it goes against we think what we think, then how do we react? We act like negative. John Maxwell says, we judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge others by their behavior. Well, no wonder we can't seem to connect authentically with people who do not share our views or approach. You know, also, companies are putting a major stake in the ground on social issues these days now more than ever. And some people who work for these companies may not agree with a company's stance. But isn't that okay? It doesn't seem to be okay for everybody these days. Does anyone ever 100% agree with every decision their company makes? Maybe they agree with the philosophy of why the company is putting a stake in the ground on something like inclusion, but maybe don't agree with the way they're going about it. Or feeling like they're being excluded because the being inclusive means one thing versus what it could mean for all. So shouldn't inclusion mean allowing all voices to be heard too? Maybe everybody has good points. Wouldn't we want to have a 360 approach? And don't we want to be leaders and not blind followers? Isn't every good debate, if anybody, and I'm not talking about presidential even, but just any good debate, right? If I was on a speech and debate team in college, and in order to have a good debate with somebody, you had to know the other side, the other opinions about everything in order to be able to refute anything. So where, where did we lose that? Why did we lose even understanding what other people believe versus what we believe ourselves? We have got to stop making assumptions that if people disagree with us, that they must be against, you know, they must be then a racist homophobe, or they must be this or must be that. We keep trying to label everybody. Like, why do the labels help? This is what I don't get. Again, if we believe in inclusion, you don't label people. You really listen and get to know the individual and not based on what they call themselves, whether they're a Democrat or a Republican or a Christian or an atheist. It doesn't even matter. Be open to their ideas. Be open to their different thinking and just have a conversation. If you want people to bring their whole selves to work, then that means everyone gets to bring their own voice, not just the voice you think they should have. Leadership is when someone feels safe to come to you regardless of their opinion, being the same as yours or different from yours. Safe knowing that they will be seen by you, not retaliated against in either passive or not so passive aggressive ways. Last sip. In a whole self environment, boundaries are still important. Sorry, Ms. Robbins, I feel strongly about this, that there are still some boundaries that need to be set, especially in a work environment. Leaders, you can't just dump fuel on a controlled burn and then walk away. You have to monitor, you have to make sure a spark doesn't fly out, create a whole new fire, or let the burn get out of control. This is still a work environment after all. So if heated political discussions or religious debates start overshadowing the projects and work we need to get done at a deadline, not on my watch, frankly. I'm going to hit the pause button. We humans really suck at balance. We tend to swing one pendulum so far one way or so far the other way. 
My fear is that if we don't encourage mindful, empathetic behavior, again, regardless of what someone thinks or believe, then this bringing your whole self approach will absolutely backfire and create hostility and division that wasn't even there before. Hence the fire sparking everywhere. During a time, too, when tension just continues to be really high over COVID and politics and job loss and family struggling, the last thing we need at work is a parallel to the extreme behavior happening all over social media. People are unable to control their words. Well, unable, they choose not to, frankly. And to they're speaking with harm and not helping. With so many of us working from home via Zoom or other digital collaboration tools, How easy is it for us just to hide behind those the same way people hide behind a handle or a profile online? It's way too easy, right? We've got to have accountability for ourselves. So leaders steer the focus of this approach to be more about giving people a voice in meetings, throwing out titles, listening to ideas, listening to everyone and anyone. But keep an eye out that it's not just the vocal and the outgoing who share. If you see people retreat, ask them to share or talk to them. Make sure they're okay. Make sure they're not feeling overshadowed by bolder teammates. Or feeling like everybody believes one way and I'm the only one that believes this, so I'm just not going to talk. That's not good. That's not an inclusive environment. Encourage vulnerability in the sharing of their feelings, but in healthy ways. And encourage others to listen and learn. We have to permit failure as a natural part of the innovation process. So give people the space to fail and to share disruptive thinking, to challenge the status quo in solution-oriented ways. The key being solution-oriented ways. And help people to detach their emotions from others' opinions and ideas so, so they understand that it's not personal. This is idea sharing to make things better. And then finally, I think challenge the meeting etiquette. Create a more comfortable and relaxed environment where people can be direct and honest respectfully. And don't reward behavior that everyone doesn't say anything in a group setting. And then the one-to-one conversations start happening, you know, in the, in the virtual hall, hallways and texts and Slack and all the other places behind people's back. That's not healthy either just for trying to maintain the peace in a group setting. If there are issues and the culture does need to pivot, then find the common ground so everyone can pivot together. Don't fuel competition within your own team and don't leave some behind while others move forward. Have uncomfortable and honest conversations, but make sure it doesn't become us versus them or use shame and blame when you see that happen. You have to call that out. Leaders are team builders, not team breakers. I do love the way Robin says this. Recognition is positive feedback based on performance. Appreciation is about recognizing the value of people. Make sure every person feels valued for who they are, not just what they do. Valued for being their whole selves. Just like the whole coffee bean is its best in its whole form, we don't want anyone to lose themselves by getting grinded down. The best cup of coffee comes from the best beans refined by common grounds. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leadersips on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.